Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm Stephen Cook from the Northmore Team Ministry in Devon, and this is a talk based on the first few verses of Luke chapter 5, the story of the miraculous catch of fish. When I was a child, nearly all the songs we sang in church had been written over a hundred years ago, but there was a new movement which set some verses of the Bible to music and simple choruses. Because it was a novel idea, even though the tunes were simple and some of them frankly awful, people saw them as fun and lively. And indeed, compared to the level of boredom you might expect in church in those days, they were. One of them was a setting of a verse from Luke chapter 5, where Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. This was set to a very repetitive tune, which some of you may remember. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. There was no attempt to be politically correct in those days. I never saw the words written down and learned them by ear and was convinced that Jesus had said, I will make you vicious old men if you follow me. Which seemed an unlikely thing for him to have said, but as Jesus did sometimes say unlikely things, I dutifully sang it, even trying to clap in time to the rhythm which I've never been able to do. It was a long time after that I learned the real words And I'm glad to say that the song has dropped out of the list of things we sing. From now on, you will be catching people, Jesus says to the disciples in a more modern version of that verse. Jesus taught like this. There were sheep on the hills and he talked about sheep and shepherds. There were crops in the fields and he talked about the kingdom of heaven in terms of a farmer sowing seed and waiting for it to grow. There were scrubby bushes and he talked about mustard seeds. Everything to hand in the landscape of the time. Clouds, birds, flowers, wheat, farmers, shepherds, barns, fishermen, nets were taken and used as illustrations of a deeper truth about the way things were. Jesus had just spent a whole day teaching from the boat. It was a technique he used because when he was in the boat, people couldn't crowd in on him. And if the lie of the land was right, the shore would be a natural amphitheatre. When he had finished teaching, he told the disciples to lower their nets for a catch. They were tired. This wasn't the right place or time for fishing, but because Jesus instructed them, they did as they were told, and they were rewarded with so many fish, they could hardly land them. I'd like to explore this simple story with you for a few minutes. The first thing I want to say is that Jesus wants to borrow the boat. In his earthly ministry, Jesus made a lot of use of the resources of the disciples, their boats, their homes, their skills. They were the ones who looked after him, who guarded him, who represented him, and after a while, the ones who were sent out by him. Think of Zacchaeus, the taxman, or Simon the Pharisee. Jesus went to their homes and met their friends. I suppose the question this passage poses to us is, Will you lend Jesus your boat? I'd like to invite you to a little exercise of imagination. You're standing by the seashore beside your boat and along comes Jesus who says to you, can I borrow your boat? What do you say? Of course you can. Help yourself. Can you sail? I need you to help. Can you just push it out a bit from the shore? Stay close so I can talk to these people. 
Later on today, when you get a chance, ask yourself in what way your life is a good boat to teach from. What is it that Jesus wants to borrow from you so that he can teach? I found this quite a useful thought this week as I've thought about this passage. Instead of saying to God, please don't ask me to do something I don't want or can't do. I'm saying to God, make yourself at home. What's mine is yours. How can I help with what you're doing? Now, I can't tell you what this means for you because the answer will be different for each one of us. But I would encourage you to think that way. Jesus wants to borrow your boat. Jesus wants us to lower the nets. The way Luke tells the story, it seems as if the catch of fish was a reward for the loan of the boat. They'd come home from the previous night with nothing, but because they had been kind to him, they would see the reward of their labour. There is a prayer we sometimes use in church which asks God to enable us to give and not to count the cost, to labour and not to ask for any reward. It's a kind of noble sentiment, but God is actually a good employer and doesn't expect us to work for nothing. And from my observation, those who give their lives in God's service may not end up wealthy, but they often end up rich in the things that really matter. The disciples here were certainly surprised by Jesus's generosity, which meant that not only would they have enough to eat, but the whole village would have been fed. But the main thing I want to point out is that even though they were tired and it seemed hopeless, because the master asked, they did what they were told. It's that simple faithfulness that brings the reward. Putting the nets down one more time and pulling them back in again. We will fail only when we stop putting the nets down. If we keep going, if we do not give up, if we are obedient to the call, then sooner or later the nets will be full. Finally, Jesus wants us to be fishers of men, not vicious old men. You may well have met some vicious old men and women, and from what I've seen, it can be something that happens when you decide that life is all about you and what you want and ignore the kind of call that these people obeyed. Jesus invites us to be part of the mission. There's no greater privilege and no greater joy than to answer that call. I once went to a fishing lake. It was well stocked with carp, which I understand are a favourite fish for anglers because they're challenging to catch. On one side of the lake, there was a row of men with fishing rods sitting on their boxes of tackle, rods stretched out over the water, all the gear, all the know-how. But as far as I could see, not a lot of luck. On the other side of the lake was a small cafe where the board wives and children of the anglers gathered to pass the time. One of the things you could buy in the shop was a bag of fish food. And by the bank, there was a little line of children tossing pellets into the wide open mouths of carp who'd learned that over here, they could get food without a hook attached to it. They weren't as stupid as you might think. People aren't stupid either. They can spot an offer with a hook attached to it a mile off and stay well away. The fishing analogy has limits because we catch fish for our sake, not theirs. And it needs to be put alongside Jesus's other pictures of shepherds and sheep and farmers and seeds. What we offer has to be genuine and genuinely free. 
more like the children with the pellets than the men with the hook and line. But we are called to fish, and there is no greater joy, no greater reward, no greater honour than when in one way or another we're involved in another human being finding their way, their way home to their Heavenly Father. So there you are, three thoughts about this simple story. Jesus wants to borrow our boat. What way can we offer our resources in God's service? Jesus wants us to lower the nets. The reward is there waiting for us, but we have to be willing to be obedient to the command. Jesus calls us to catch people, not for our sake, but for theirs. As the disciples dragged their breaking nets onto the shore, marvelling at the sheer size of the catch and the silver treasure wriggling and flapping in front of them, Jesus said, From now on, you will be catching people. May God bless this word to us. Amen.